Hello, everybody. I think it's time we cut right to the chase, don't you? Great. The show's starting right now. Rob Ford to run for re-election after rehab. NASA finds Mega-Earth. Edward Snowden was a spy for the CIA? We make confusing decisions about Afghanistan. Is Sophia Loren too ugly for the movies? Scientists make artificial gene code. And even more unbelievable, George Clooney is engaged. All this, plus I apologize for being gone for a few weeks from covering the news. During the last week on Earth with Ben Glebe. bonuses in there, but there were also a couple weeks with nothing. And I'm sorry for that, but I've had quite the, the bananas scheduled during these last few weeks, and I hope you understand. I hope you can find it in your hearts to forgive me. Um, I'm never going to abandon you for too long, but fortunately, knock on wood, I have had some good fortune with a lot of work coming at me lately and a lot of life things that I have to attend to, and I was unable to get it done. I mean, I could have fought, pop, maybe possibly physically gotten it done, but you can't risk getting sick when you got a lot of stuff going on. And um, so I kept meaning to and then couldn't squeeze it in last second, and now I finally am. So hopefully that's enough apologies, you know. Let me just t- fill you in on what, I, what I've been doing these last few weeks uh, to a little bit explain it and also just tell you some fun stories. I was opening for Chelsea Handler. On her Uganda Be Kidding Me tour. I'm not kidding you, nation of Uganda. Um, it was the most incredible experience. Um, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Uh, four shows we did. Just an unbelievable time. The legendary Fox Theater in Detroit. The Starlight Theater outside in Kansas City. Um, Console Energy Center in Pittsburgh in front of 7,000 people in an arena. And... My favorite show of them, Clearwater, Florida, one of my favorite shows in my career. But the tour, above the, how great the shows were, it was just the most fun in the world hanging with Chelsea. She's just the greatest girl. She's a party all the time and just smart and fun and a party all the time. That my girl wants to party all the time is a song that Eddie Murphy would have written for Chelsea if he knew her. And if it happened, if she was older, so that he could have written it back when he wrote it, and also um, other, you know, factors that are not really going to ever happen. 
But she's also just, you know, we played a lot of ping pong. If you watched Chelsea lately, you may have seen that I won some money off her playing drunk ping pong one night on the tour. A good deal of money. Uh, most of everyone in my life gambling. And then she made me uh, play her live on Chelsea lately, the end of the show a couple weeks ago, to uh, get her retribution. And I beat her again because I'm an unstoppable ping pong machine. And when are people going to realize that? They're not going to. Um, and I'll keep winning. I will rob your towns as I storm through them with my paddle and my balls, my two white balls. Well, four, if you know what I'm saying. Do you? Do you know what I'm saying? And the other notable story, uh, I told the story briefly on Chelsea, and Chelsea denies the end part of the story, but it's true. Um, flying back from Pittsburgh, I guess I might have challenged her, said something like she's actually weak physically or something, and she attacked me on her plane, attacked me, jumped, lunged at me, slapped me in the face and started attacking me, punching me in the torso. Um, and then we started fighting back and forth. We were literally like bouncing from wall to wall of the private plane that she flies around in. It was literally, it felt like she was Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Get off my plane. Kind of like that. And she was winning at first. She was making me feel very effeminate at first. And then I kind of stepped up my game and dominated it, kind of got behind her and had her arms pinned and her head was kind of down in her chair. I might have been like spanking her a little bit. Um, and I might have been. I mean, I was just a little, you know, to prove it was boss yelling stuff like you work out every day for an hour. I never work out, but I'm still stronger. I'm a man. Do you understand me? Admit I'm stronger to which she admitted. She said, you're stronger and I should have been opening for you. You're funnier than me. Clearly things she does not believe in, but she had to say something to have mercy in that fight. Um, so that was very cathartic for me in many ways and just felt great. I didn't know I had it in me, to be honest with you. And she denies that I won the fight, but I mean, God knows. We were in the air closer to God. He knows. He's up there flying. He's an old man with a beard who flies and just floats through clouds. Everybody knows that. Um, my dear friend, Brooke Powers, who is suffering from melanoma uh, stage four skin cancer, had a walk. Team BPW is the hashtag um, at the melanoma 5K. And I showed up straight from tour landing at like 1 in the morning. And then at 6 in the morning, showed up at Universal for the walk the next day. And I was a little bit late, like 6.04. And the walk started spot on time. I don't know why people would ever do things on time. So I had to cheat. I had to literally find a shortcut and cheat about half of that walk. Is it weird to cheat in a cancer walk? You know, it's for charity. I think it's all right. Also late, and I, who I forced to cheat with me was my ex-girlfriend. It was interesting to always run in, interesting to run into an ex and then make her cheat on a race with you, with her husband, her new husband, and uh, new, newborn baby. So that was all just very a conglomeration of interesting events happening there. Conglomerate? Conglomeration? And I also had one of the most amazing days I think I've ever had in my life um, about two weeks ago now. It's another example of how busy things are, but how exciting they are have been as well. Um, in one day, I had the most jam-packed day full of awesome stuff. Um, I booked, I was offered a pretty big role, um, bigger than my role in Ice Age significantly, um, in another huge animated movie, another big studio movie that'll be coming out in the next 
months to come. I can't tell you which movie yet. I'm not allowed to announce that yet until I'm given permission, but it's a huge movie, big cartoon, and I got offered a part in it. So this morning of this day, I recorded that movie, my part in that movie, then went straight to Chelsea lately and did a taping for that, then went straight to see the set of my show for the first time. If you haven't heard, I'm sure you have. I probably drone on about it, but my own show on Game Show Network coming out this summer, August 12th, the debuts called Idiot Test. Went to Hollywood Center Studios and saw my stage being built, and it was unreal when we started shooting the very next day. Um, and then went to see Sublime with Rome. Sublime proper is my favorite, one of my favorite bands ever. Sublime with Rome is pretty awesome as well. The original guys plus new lead singer, and. Saw them at a private campaign fundraiser at the Whiskey in front of like 70 people only. That was incredible. I mean, it's a perfect day. And I might have gotten laid that night. So all those things combined with the MITA made it a pretty amazing day. Then that same movie asked me to help do punch-up on the whole movie, which I did the following week. I also started about 14 days ago one of the most insane things I've ever done, a 21-day MyFitFoods challenge. This company, MyFitFoods.com, they make amazing meals. A chef cooks them. You pick them up twice a week, and you have to eat. It's calorie restriction. I've also been gluten-free now for about five weeks, but during this three-week program, you have to eat the calories. I'm on about a 16 or 1,700-calorie-a-day diet. Can't eat anything outside of their three meals and two snacks a day, and no caffeine during the time, and zero alcohol. So I've been alcohol-free since 93, and by that I mean for two weeks. And it hasn't been that difficult. I'm in Hawaii right now recording this podcast, by the way, at Keniohi Bay. Keniohi? Kanakiuhu? Marine Base in Oahu. Did a show today entertaining the troops, our Marines, for the single Marine program through Pro Sports MVP. Um, And... Had an amazing time. I'm in my hotel room there right now on the base. Swam in the ocean. Um, you're in Hawaii. You got to take a little bit of personal time to decompress in the middle of such an insane schedule. So I did so. Um, and tomorrow I'm taking a full vacation day because I need it badly before I go and shoot 38 episodes of my game show in nine days starting next week. Um, and book us and shoot a sitcom spec like presentation for a sitcom that I booked one of the leads in shooting this Sunday after I fly back on Friday from Hawaii and Saturday morning fly to Centralia, Washington to headline the Fox Theater and Sunday the sitcom and then Tuesday begin taping my show again. Banana schedule. So I need one day to decompress. Um, But this 21 day food challenge, no alcohol. Thank God weed is allowed because without that solace in my life, I'd be a man without a country, or without, without a buzz on at least. Um, and then I was in Indianapolis this last weekend doing shows at Morty's, one of my favorite clubs. Whilst soberish, I went to a place called Cocktail Cove on the lake in front of all these rich houses. They link up all these boats. We had like 15 boats linked up, and you can just hop boat to boat to boat and, and drink, or as I did, not drink, and look like a total dork bomb, if that's a term. And then flew back five in the morning after that to host Pedal on the Pier, this amazing charity organization. You can check out more about it at pedalonthepier.com. While you're listening, even, um, 
which is benefiting the Harold Robinson Foundation, which sends inner city kids in Los Angeles to camp. Uh, we never had a chance to experience camp. And we raised in that one day $563,000 for these children. And MC Hammer was there, which was pretty badass. And DMC McDaniels, the founder of Run DMC. And my favorite, Dougie Fresh, the original human beatbox, the legend, the greatest entertainer to ever live, as they call him. I hosted, ironically, with him a dance contest in his home country of Barbados 10 years ago. I hadn't seen him since then. He remembered me. And then he was on stage performing for the crowd. I went on stage just to, in the background go on a spin bike because we were pedaling on the pier raising the money. And I had a mic there. And Dougie says to the sound man, raise the volume on his mic a little bit. And I start being Dougie Fresh's hype man and rapping with him. And I made up some freestyles. And he was being my backup hype man. Dougie Fresh. I was rapping on stage with him. It was an unbelievable highlight while helping children. I mean, that was another pretty perfect day. Good Lord. And after that, I went to a table read for a second. My point being, I've been pretty busy. I'm sorry that I have not been doing more consistent news episodes. Also, I didn't even mention or tweak because I wanted to let you guys listening in the Brain Trust know first. I already shot the first two episodes of Idiot Test. And the show is pretty badass. We shot the first two. Um, so they could focus group the first one, which they're doing, they did this past week. And, um, I'm hearing amazing things, but it's funny and intriguing. And it's a game show that you've never seen before. They don't test trivia on this game. We test brain puzzles. If you can figure things out on the spot, it truly is test your intelligence. And when people get shit wrong and they do all the time, I make fun of them pretty hardcore, which is one of my skills. So please tune in starting August 12th every week. On Game Show Network, following The Chase, hosted by Brooke Burns and The Beast. Um, and then uh, on the flip of all the awesome news with the Chelsea Tour and everything, as you may have heard, not my favorite news by any stretch, Chelsea lately has an official end date. Um, Chelsea decided that she was not going to do the show after the end of the year. And then E decided, well, if that's the case, we're going to end it even earlier than that. And it's August 26th is the last date. Of the show will be a live one-hour broadcast. I don't know if I'll be on that episode, but I will be on again on June 19th. Um, one of my last few appearances. Um, I'll share more of my complete thoughts on that as the time approaches. But plenty, I believe, there about me and catching you up on my things. So let's go into the last couple weeks of news. Google unveils driverless cars, Google reports. Just in time to make traffic worse, Google introduced its long-awaited self-driving cars. The Daily Beast as well covered. The cars have two seats, no steering wheel, which is creepy as fuck. Gas, pedal, or brake pedal. Just a stop-and-go button. So creepy. What, does it just stop instantly when you press a damn button? If all goes well, 100 to 200 of the cars are expected to be driving on California roads in a pilot program next year. The cars will max out at an impressive 25 miles an hour, truth, and have sensors that can de detect objects in all directions for up to 200 yards, which is too far of a range. The cars are going to be freaking out constantly. There are always objects within 200 yards. I don't know if Google's aware of this. That's a problem. Binge drinking leads to overeating. And an incredibly obvious study reported this news. 
A new report says drinking can lead people past the tipping point to eat an extra 6,300 calories over the following 24 hours. Probably pretty likely. In addition to eating more, people said that as a result of drinking, they canceled physical activities and instead chose bed and TV. According to J- Dr. Jackie Lavin, who just had to use common sense to know this. She's, of course, head of nutrition at, and research at Slimming World. Quote, alcohol makes the food even more rewarding. It tastes good and feels even better than it would do normally. In a related story, eating leads to not dying. Obama would save Putin from drowning. A great question reveals via the old beast. At a news conference in South Korea, President Obama said he would absolutely, absolutely, save Russian President Vladimir Putin if he was drowning. Just last week, Putin was also asked if he thought Obama would save him, and he answered, I think he's a decent and quite courageous person. I think he will do it. In response to the question, President Obama also said, quote, I'd like to think, if anyone uh, were out there drowning, I'd save him. Yeah, while recent events have strained relations, Russia is still providing assistance to the American military in the Middle East and on counterterrorism. So he did not let him die in the ocean. That's a very comforting piece of news. Oregon, Oregon is switching to healthcare.gov, Daily Beast reports. Turns out there are things more glitchy than the federal government's healthcare website. An Oregon panel recommended two weeks ago that the state abandon its state-run exchange in favor of the federal government's healthcare.gov. Oh, snap. They said, no thanks, healthcare.gov, we can handle it. You guys suck. Now they're like, actually, mind if we hop on that shit? Apparently it was too hard for them to get their own online enrollment happening with huge technical difficulties. And they're hopping on board a train. Even though Oregon received received $305 million in federal grants to construct its exchange. So there goes that cash. Huh, Kesha? Put that dollar sign back, baby. The Pope says inequality is the root of all evil. Daily Beast reports. I mean, it's a decent argument. The pontiff tweeted, quote, inequality is the root of, of social evil. In the past, Pope Francis, the coolest pope to ever live, has spoken out against economic systems that reinforce inequality, saying last year that, quote, there was the promise that once the glass had become full, it would overflow and the poor would benefit. But what happens is that when it's full to the brim, the glass magically grows, and thus nothing ever comes out for the poor. Glass analogy aside, he's right. Greedy people get greedier and greedier. They don't help the poor. While right-wing American critics have been quick to criticize the Pope for his economic remarks, his words appear to resonate with the masses. More than 5,000 people retweeted the statement within three hours. And we're judging the Pope's effect based on retweets? The world's in an odd fucking place, don't you think? Macaulay Culkin banned booed off stage, Rolling Stone reported. At a music festival in Nottingham, 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 England, Macaulay Culkin's Velvet Underground cover band was booed off the stage. The band performed a couple of their comedic versions of Velvet Underground and Lou Reed songs, like It's a Pizza Day, before the crowd began throwing beers. Culkin, ever the wordsmith, said, Why are you throwing those? I'd rather drink them. After 15 minutes, Culkin and the band stormed off stage, I'm assuming with their hands in shock on their cheeks. And also shocking for me to hear this story, shocking to learn 
that Macaulay Culkin is still alive and doing things? Did anybody have any idea about either of those? I myself did not. Palestinian government will recognize Israel. That's good, because it's there. It's actually there. Look on a map. Palestine's new government will recognize Israel, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas reportedly told John Kerry. According to a spokeswoman for the U.S. State Department, Abbas told the Secretary of State that his country's new government, united with Hamas, a terrorist organization, side note, will renounce violence and recognize Israel. Quote, Kerry's view is this is a moment of transition and part of the process. We're in a holding period where parties need to figure out what is next. The spokeswoman told reporters Friday, quote, we've always thought there could be a point where we needed to pause and both sides needed to look at what was possible. And we are clearly at that point now. Despite all that, Mindy's peace will not be coming this year. You can mark my word, unfortunately, on that note. And in the most important and serious news of the last few weeks, George Clooney engaged. The Oscar-winning actor, 52 years old, is engaged to Amal Alamuddin, star of Aladdin, I believe. 36-year-old woman, a human rights lawyer based in London. Clooney was married to actress Talia Balsam from 89 to 93. They divorced just before his breakout role in ER. Since then, Clooney's become Hollywood's most notorious bachelor, having dated a string of beautiful and famous women without ever settling down. Right before Al-Madin, he dated Stacey Keebler for two years. He used to be a WWE wrestling diva. So, to go from a wrestler to an Oxford-educated barrister in less than one year, as the Daily Beast astutely and importantly pointed out, is impressive, a little stunning, hard to adjust to, Will the world adjust? Will the world adapt? Probably not. Probably not. The U.S. taped Russia's calls to its Ukraine spies, the Beast reported. Sexy of state John Kerry said he has proof Russia's managing a network of spies in Ukraine because the U.S. has been recording their phone conversations. Kerry revealed, revealed this information and refilled it. He felt it twice at the closed-door trilateral commission in Washington along with details, or detalles if you speak Spanish, of Russia's intelligence efforts towards Ukrainian and Western leaders. Quote, we know exactly who's giving those orders. We know where they are coming from, said Kerry. Hey, Kerry, shut your mouth. Okay, bro? Fox to air Greece live, Hollywood Reporter covered. Looks like Fox is the next major network to hop on the live musical production bandwagon. On Monday, announcing it was planning a three-hour live broadcast of Who Gives a Shit. Scientists have made an artificial gene code. New York Times reports. Scientists have successfully created an organism, get this, with an artificial genetic code for the first time in history. Instead of relying on the four nucleotides that are the building blocks of DNA, scientists at Scripps Research Institute were able to synthesize which means make from scratch, fakely make, synthetically make, two new ones and insert them into bacterium E. coli, which then reproduced normally and replicated, and replicated them. With artificial nucleotides, there is the potential to make new proteins and building blocks of life. The breakthrough suggests new possibilities for medical research, but also raises new concerns about man playing God. Look, we're all well beyond man playing God part. We're there. 
We want to play God. One like this one can only quote roughly Alec Baldwin in Malice when he said, I've been awarded citations from nine different medical boards in New England, and I'm never sick at sea. So when you ask me, do I have a God complex? I am God. Then he banged Nicole Kidman. So science is really shaking shit up. I mean, we're at a, we're at a new point. We're at a point of no return now. So may as well just go with the flow. And that's an interesting thing. I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast recently or not. I think maybe it was in the bonus episode a few weeks back with Provenza and Eddie Feldman and all those cats by the fire. But if truly the singularity is coming, it's supposed to be coming by 20... I don't think it was on that podcast. It was a conversation I recorded separately that I don't think I released. Maybe I didn't even record it. Maybe I was having a normal life conversation, which I rarely do since having this podcast. But the singularity where man murders with machine, it's supposed to technically happen, I think, in the next, like, 20 years or something. I should look up the exact date. Look up when Ray Kurzweil predicts the singularity happening. But... If it's inevitable, we're going to merge with machines and do all this. We may as well stop worrying about privacy and old human human boundaries and just hop on board this train, choo-choo ride it, so we don't get left in the dust being non-machine fallible humans. That's a theory, theory I'm developing. We'll check back more on it later. I'm not, it's not a strong opinion yet. Syria still has chemical weapons, Daily Beast reports. Despite a U.S.-led effort to disarm Syria, intelligence officials believe the regime has an undeclared arsenal of chemical weapons. Of course they do, like I anticipated they would when they first announced that the joint deal with Russia they conned us into letting them give up their, their, their weapons. How would we ever know how many they had? They could always be hiding some, some fucking place. So apparently, intelligence officials believe the regime has an undeclared arsenal of chemical weapons, including chlorine bombs which really will clean your pool, and nerve gases. What's more, Assad is a serious biological weapons program that hasn't been acknowledged or inspected at all. So to counter all this, Obama is also ordering the training for Syrian rebels, according to the Wall Street Journal. President Obama is close to having the U.S. military train moderate Syrian rebels. The training program would supplement a small CIA-led program, which has been underway for a year. The CIA program was covertly authorized by Obama, so U.S. officials won't discuss it. Obama will signal new support for the rebels during a commencement address that he just gave at West Point. He did do that. But how do you know who's moderate? We don't even really know the rebels are. We're going to say to them, before we give you all of our training and weapons and help, are you part of Al-Qaeda or not? Are you part of the rebels that have been infiltrated by Al-Qaeda? Or ISIS? Or not? You're not? Okay, great, here's weapons. Oh, you are? Damn it. You got our weapons now. How do we know? How do we know? Huffington Post Live had a discussion over whether women should get paid menstruation leave every single month. Which I think was very, it's an interesting, noteworthy topic. I think it's not a terrible idea. But I feel like if women do get several days off every month for their periods. The second they hit 
menopause, round the clock. I want 24-hour work days to make up for lost time. Or here's another idea. Maybe people should get menstruation time off, but it should be the men having to deal with those bitches. Am I wrong? Joke. Joke, you guys. Okay? Obviously, I'm just kidding around. Also, I don't understand. When would the menstruation leave happen? It would happen during the, during your period or before, during your premenstrual time, when it seems to be the mood seems to be affected. I, I'm still very confused, as is all of humanity, by women's private parts. Let me know. Tweet at me, at Ben Glebe, and at Last Week on Earth, whether the menstruation leave would be on their periods or on the days before your period when you're PMSing or am I just being ignorant in a million ways it's very possible it's very possible veterans at VA hospitals made to wait absurd time periods for a doctor's appointment Daily Beast and everywhere on earth reported this is a huge scandal that's currently breaking still is that our veterans who nobly serve our country in time of war and get injured I'm on a military base right now seeing how these brave men and women trained to protect our nation and protect our ability to speak freely, to have podcasts, to protest our government, to do whatever we want to do, to not live in a Russia police state. And they come back injured. And the average waiting time has been 115 days just to get into the doctor's office at many of these hospitals. And apparently, in, this is in Phoenix and many, many other locations, at least 16 others. But a lot of these places, the Phoenix VA, for example, and many others, were claiming the average wait time was just 24 days. As many as 40, de- 40 vets may have died waiting for care in Phoenix. And that's epidemic across all hospitals, it seems, all VA hospitals. Apparently, the incentives for the doctors and nurses and caregivers to get paid is based so much on results that they had to falsify information, at least in their eyes. But how we don't immediately take all this money you're wasting funding things that go to waste funding healthcare state websites that then they waste the money and come back to us giving tax breaks and subsidies to oil companies that are making billions of dollars of profits how about end that shit put billions of dollars immediately into the VA and help them have enough funding to take care of our troops it's not just common sense there's no other thing we can do as a nation can we not Take care of those who fought for us and come back injured. Head of the VA, General Eric Shinseki, resigned over this. He had no idea any of this was happening. He should have resigned. Why didn't he know? I don't know. The name is just weird. He probably was just marveling at his name on his driver's license. I mean, there's no good reason. Before I continue... There's many more stories coming at you right now. I feel like we should maybe collectively just take like a silent meditation break where we can regroup and think about the stories we've already covered. Just take a breather, a completely silent breather for a second, okay? I said silent. How come Annie Lennox is playing? I don't... trying to get a silent break there where we could you're the sweetest thing 
Um, I guess that was unsuccessful. I really wanted us to be able to take a break together, but, you know, sometimes walking on broken glass pops at you. Sophia Loren was told she was too ugly for movies. The Telegraph reports. One of the most beautiful actresses in the history of cinema, but it appears her looks were not always appreciated by hard-nosed film executives. And why were their noses so hard, by the way? All the cocaine, does it harden your nose? The award-winning actress who's worked with Hollywood's greatest male leads over her career, said she nearly gave up her career after being told she must change her face. Claiming she was never beautiful, Lauren, Lauren dis- disclosed she's still shy about appearing in public as she launches her new film recently at the Cannes Film Festival. And it's true, she is that shy. It's not just actresses being coy. I actually met her one time while drunk and stoned at a hotel in Laughlin, Nevada. Maybe it was Vegas. I think it was Vegas. Um... I was in my fraternity's form while I'm wearing shorts and a tank top and a sideways visor backwards, holding like a huge drink cup. And I see a security de- detail of like 15 police officers surrounding a gorgeous older woman in a black dress walking through. And I recognize instantly it's Sophia Loren. So I just infiltrate that circle of cops, go right to the middle, right up to her. And I say, Miss Loren, this is pre-camera phones. I had a disposable Kodak. I said, Miss Loren. Would you mind perhaps if I took a if I took a picture with you? And she literally gets shy and she says, With me? Sure. Which was the cutest thing ever. She was with a me. Like she, A, with the Italian accent, but B, was literally stunned that I wanted to take a picture with her when she's a legend. And I was a drunk kid. It was a pretty cool moment to have met her. I think I tore up the picture angrily during a fight with one of my roommates at one point, so I don't know if I even have a copy of it anymore. But it was a pretty cool moment. She's approaching her 80th birthday now. She'd been told to alter her unusual looks back at the beginning of her career. She had been told her nose was too long, her mouth too big, and her teeth not straight enough, and her, and her face totally unphotogenic. So any of you out there who doubt your looks or feel like you don't look great sometimes... Just realized Sophia Loren was told the same, and she's become one of the great beauties in people's eyes because it's all really the way you present yourself and your confidence. She gave this master class to fans and industry at Cannes, saying, quote, Beauty is not important. You have to be interesting, someone who is different to other people. As my grandmother said as she was convalescing in bed over the recent years before she passed away, I said, You look beautiful, Grandma. She said, I'm not beautiful. But it doesn't matter if you're beautiful. Which was so cute. But Loren continues, Otherwise you just turn up and look beautiful and there's nothing more to you. She had no formal acting training. And was, had no luck at auditions. But her fortunes changed when she met director De Sica and told him she'd never been offered a job after going for auditions. So every time she auditioned, they never hired her because she's so shy. He said he didn't want her to audition, and that conversation was just fine. She nearly fainted on the spot. Got her big break in the movie right then, that first year, had a breakout success, and went on to work with people like Frank Sinatra, Cary Grant, Gregory Peck, Marlon Brando, Charlton Heston, Clark Gable, and Paul Newman in some of Hollywood's most iconic films, winning the Best Actress Oscar for La Chiochiara in 1960 staying home during the Oscars because she was too nervous and being told the result over the phone by Cary Grant in 91 receiving an honorary Oscar for her contribution to world cinema. 
And the story ended with a great quote from her from this master class just about life and how it's fleeting. She says, quote, I'm starting to count the hours, count the seconds. Everything is important when you reach my age. Every so often you have to explode back into life. I love that. I read an article about why game show hosts are usually Republican. Apparently they are. Citing Alex Trebek, didn't know that, Pat Sajak, Drew Carey, Chuck Woolery, Jeff Foxworthy, and others. Daily Beast wrote the story. They said they think it's because it takes a belief in rugged individualism to believe in game shows. A belief that if you can't make it on your own, you're not worthy. Which I think is pretty much BS. It's just a fun game. You're playing on TV. Any political party could host it. I'm not a Republican. I'm hosting Idiot Test. Comes out on Game Show Network, August 12th. Tune in. The Nigerian military has found the girls that the terrorist organization Boko Haram kidnapped the 300 girls. BBC reported. First, they didn't know where they were. We sent some Marines to help find them. And apparently now Nigeria's defense chief so they know where they are, but it's too dangerous to send in troops to get them as they fear the girls will be used as shields and it'll end up not the way we want it to, to, to go. So, I mean, if we find them and we still can't find them, why don't we send in some fake rich guy to buy them since they're going to be sold, everybody thinks, on the black market. Send somebody in to buy them all and then get the girls safe. Give them money, and then you raid them and get your money back. That's just my personal plan. Tell them it's a Nigerian prince that's $4 million for them. They want to transfer safely to your bank account. Speaking of children in danger, the Pope declared a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to abusive priests, the AP reports. Pope Francis announced he'll meet at the Vatican with a group of half a dozen sex abuse victims saying there's a zero-tolerance policy now for sex abuse. So there was some tolerance before he said this? We can allow some. We can, we can allow some child abuse. Not a ton of it, but just like a, just like a fair amount. Do not understand that. Faith Hill and Tim McGraw are not, I repeat, are not getting a divorce. That was just a rumor, you guys. And if you never heard the rumor, well, then I apologize for bringing it up. President Obama, not sure, maybe we will leave some troops in Afghanistan, perhaps not quite positive, Daily Beast reported. He's facing increasing pressure from the Pentagon and military intelligence to keep 10,000 American soldiers stationed in Afghanistan after our end of 2014 supposed to be end of the war. So Obama caved in and decided, I'm not going to do 10,000. I have to make the number seem less round, so it seems like I have a purpose and a calculation behind it. I'm going to leave 9,800. He's leaving 9,800 troops behind. Why? We don't know. We really don't know. Nobody knows why we're in Afghanistan. It reinforces my long-standing theory. We literally have no idea what we're doing there. As Al-Qaeda is growing there again. We're counting down the day until the last soldier leaves. As we run for the exits... A new intelligence assessment says terrorist threats in the region are on the rise. A recent report estimates that a once-weekend al-Qaeda is now growing again in its presence and power. I mean, I'll repeat my old stand-up bit about it. 
Nobody knows why we're there. Not even Obama. Because when he speaks about the war, he's always on both sides. He's like, oh, this is a war uh, against violent extremism. Well, we will win. Uh, and we must win. Unless it takes longer than 18 months, then we're out. Unless they need us, we're happy to stay. Uh, unless they don't want us, we're happy to go. Well, if they don't want us and do need us, I will flip a coin. Perhaps that's what he meant by he will bring change. He's trying, though. On the flip side, he's trying. People are very hard on Obama. People in Tea Party, whenever they protest him, drawing Hitler mustaches on his posters, I think they're misremembering Hitler's agenda a little bit. Not sure Hitler's big plan was health care for everybody. I think it was the exact opposite of that. That stand-up bit continues to my old point that I haven't mentioned on this podcast in a long time, but I used to take Obama's speech more seriously until I realized he sounds just like Yogi Bear. Oh, what we're going to do? We're going to go into Afghanistan? Steal the Taliban's picnic baskets? Which is a shitty plan. Let's go, boo-boo Biden. Steal the Rangers' food? It's a shitty plan. Cannot win a war that way. Al-Sisi wins Egypt's presidency, Reuters reports. So Al-Sisi is now the president of Egypt. Bill Murray crashes a bachelor party randomly, walked into a bachelor party in Charleston, South Carolina, made a speech dishing out advice to the groom and his friends, quote, if you have someone you think is the one, take that person and travel around the world. And if when you come back to JFK and you're still in love with that person, get married at the airport. He then proceeded to pick up the groom on his shoulders. This is reason enough to get married, just on the off chance that Bill Murray will crash my bachelor party. Because I fucking love that guy. Median CEO pay passes $10 million a year for the first time in history. The Associated Press reports. Median salary, that's the middle number for American CEOs, increased for the fourth year in a row, crossing the eight-figure threshold, because that's necessary, for the first time ever. A typical CEO made $10.5 million in 2013. The female CEOs surveyed actually made more than their male counterpoints. counterparts, $11.7 million to $10.5 million. But only 12 of the CEOs were in women in this survey, while 325 were men. Um, overall median CEO salaries were up 8% from the year before and up more than 50% since 2009. The increase reflects the growing wage gap between management and workers over recent years. A CEO now makes, get this, 257 times more than the average employee, compared to 181 times more in 2009. I mean, that's just way too much more times. 50% more, sure. 150% more, sure. 300% more. Sure, that's three times more. But 257 times more? That's excessive and excessive as well. I mean, there's got to be some limit to how big we want the gap between the haves and haves-nots to be. At some point, the populace is going to rise up and steal your money back. Steal their money back. We're all going to become Robin Hoods, yo. 
at least in some good news to counterbalance that. A story I have no jokes for, Seattle approved a $15 minimum wage in the last week, Seattle Times reports. Seattleites will be raking in the country's highest minimum wage soon, as the city council unanimously approved a $15 base wage on Monday with a plan to phase it in over the next seven years. During the transition, some businesses can count tips and health care as part of the $15 minimum wage, but this is the way we have to move. Living wages. Hands down fact, if you work full-time in this country, the greatest land of opportunity, supposedly, you should be able to pay for your whole life and your family's life and live above the poverty line. That's just a fact, and that's not true right now. Supreme Court says death row inmates can claim they are mentally impaired, Miami Herald reports. Supreme Court ruled in a 5-4 decision, like most of them, because we have a polarized fucking political court. Political court, boo-boo. That Florida's law restricting health, death, health row, death row prisoners from trying to prove they are mentally impaired is unconstitutional. Florida, which does everything backwards, was not allowing people on death row to even try to prove they're mentally impaired. Florida's law mandates that prisoners must have an IQ of less than 70 before being allowed to present any additional evidence of intellectual disability. Oh, I get it. They want them just dumb enough that they probably wouldn't even think of that. Justice Justice Anthony Kennedy delivered the opinion, though, arguing Florida's law violates the Eighth Amendment prohibition on cruel and unusual punishment. Quote, this rigid rule creates an unacceptable risk that persons with intellectual disability will be executed, and thus is unconstitutional, he wrote. I personally have never quite understood why it matters what your intellectual capacity is if you're a murderer. If you're a murderer, you shouldn't... And we believe in the death penalty, if that's where our country currently stands. Why does it matter what your capacity is? Clearly you're not that bright to be a murderer. Clearly you're not a great dude. Why does it matter if you knew you were killing or you're not... Or, or, or not, if you knew for sure it was right or wrong, so what? You still did it. The murder itself has to be the objective fact, doesn't it? That's my opinion. The only thing more retarded than that is Apple buys Beats for $3 billion. Are you kidding me? New York Times reports. Apple announced on Wednesday that it was purchasing Beats Electronics, Dr. Dre's company of headphones and streaming music service for $3 billion. I mean, good for Dre and Jimmy Iovine. Holy Lord. Apple not only offered Beats headphones, but also the music streaming services. The acquisition will allow the brands to stay separate, but Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine will now work for Apple. Apple CEO Tim Cook said of the two, quote, these guys are really unique, finding the precise grain of sand on the beach. They're rare and very hard to find. What precise grain of sand? What's all these analogies? Cups enlarging, precise grain finding? Just say they're, they're very talented, unique guys. It's like finding sands in these on the days of our lives. As you may have heard in the news, it's in the new incessant story being covered ad nauseum with boring details by CNN and everybody of Sergeant Bergdahl, a soldier in the army who deserted his post, or at least walked away from his post in Afghanistan five years ago and was taken prisoner of war. Well, taken by the Taliban. And we always resisted calling it an official 
battlefield as far as people taken that we take from that war. All of our detainees in Guantanamo Bay, we never called them prisoners of war because then we'd have to follow Geneva Conventions and couldn't hold them for charges. But now, because we released him, or we got his his release in exchange for releasing five pretty bad dudes in Guantanamo Bay, Taliban leaders, top five guys. The White House is being criticized, Obama's being criticized for negotiating with terrorists, which the U.S. never does. So now they're saying Bergdahl was a prisoner of war. The Taliban holding him was enemy combatants in a war. So the right is attacking him. Even the left is attacking him now very aggressively, Dianne Feinstein and others, for saying this creates a terrible precedent, potentially. Precedent, potentially. A precedent, president, precedence. Because now, if he's a prisoner of war, the prisoners that are all still at Guantanamo Bay could claim they're prisoners of war. Geneva Conventions apply to them and they could be released. So it could be a huge fuck-up on the Obama administration's part. And Hillary, interestingly, already spoke in support of him doing this. Which I guarantee will be an enormous issue in her presidential campaign in 2016. Or starting twenty. Probably end of 14 or early 15 when she announces that she's running. So they're going to hammer her with that. And at the same time, the Boko Haram story we talked about earlier, the organization of terrorists that kidnapped the girls in Nigeria, it's going to become a huge campaign issue as well. Because Hillary, when she was Secretary of State, twice refused to designate Boko Haram as a terrorist organization. The Republicans are going to have a field day. It'll be those two things and Benghazi. They're going to repeat ad nauseum when those points don't work because all are very, in the grand scheme, minor criticisms. They'll bring up Monica Lewinsky. Just watch it all happen. Watch it all happen before your very eyes. Edward Snowden was a spy for the CIA, NBC News reported. In a very interesting hour-long interview with Brian Williams that Snowden did his first American TV interview. He revealed he wasn't just the lowly systems administrator he was portrayed as. Quote, I was trained as a spy in sort of the traditional sense of the word, in that I lived and worked undercover overseas, pretending to work at a job that I'm not, and even being assigned a name that was not mine. Noting that he was even a lecturer at a counterintelligence academy for the Defense Intelligence Agency. Intelligence sources told NBC that Snowden was working overseas in IT and communications for the CIA. Meanwhile, Secretary of State John Kerry called National Security Agency leaker Edward Snowden a fugitive and challenged him to, quote, man up and come back to the United States. Yeah, man. Man up, bro. Man up and go to prison for life or let us, like a man would, be a man. I mean, of course he wouldn't come back. Famous whistleblower Daniel Ellsberg said he shouldn't come back because the laws have changed now and you're not even allowed to properly defend yourself as a, when you're accused of espionage or treason in that way. And also in the interview he said, frighteningly, the government has such control over our data and devices that they can turn on the microphones on our phones even when the phones are off, or the cameras and take pictures when the phones are off. Do anything they want, track. So that's important things to, to leak, I think. I say the guy did a heroic thing. He's not released information that could endanger troops' lives. He instructed the Guardian newspaper to not 
do so. I think he's responsible with it. I say it's important whistleblower information to have the guy back home. Stop keeping him trapped in Russia like a bad Tom Hanks movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones. 9-11 Museum pulls cheese platter. The New York Post reports. The National September Museum should maybe steer clear of food-related merchandise. The museum, which was criticized this month for planning to install a restaurant on the premises, has yanked a cheese platter in the shape of the continental U.S. For real, this is a thing. Complete with three little heart symbols where the hijacked planes crashed from its gift shop. Good taste, guys. Great taste. Memorial CEO Joe Daniels told the New York Post that all items sold in stores will have to get approval from 9-11 victims, family members, who are on the foundation's board. I mean, we just pitched this idea. We're going to do a cheese map of the U.S. with little heart cheeses where the planes were hijacked. And he goes, yeah, of course we're going to sell that. That makes airplanes that crash into Jenga towers. Yeah, let's do it. And what kind of a moron runs things that make horrible decisions? I don't understand it. Former Microsoft CEO buying the Clippers, LA Times reports. Former CEO of Microsoft Steve Ballmer apparently got Sterling to agree and will buy the LA Clippers after Sterling's racist rants for $2 billion, assuming that the league owners approve it. So apparently, you're a horrible racist. You get rewarded with $2 billion. That's the moral of that story. How awesome. Like, it's almost tempting to be racist. Congress votes to stop Medicare reported. In an unprecedented move Thursday night, the House of Representatives voted to pass a bill that prevents the DEA from raiding state legal medical marijuana dispensaries from now on. The vote won with the 219A votes. A's, you know, like, hey, we vote for it. Hey, in the old weird way, dumb way we do it. Including unexpected 49 Republicans and 170 Democrats. The first time Congress has approved a major marijuana law reform ever, which shows the changing tide of many states. And I'm going to get high to celebrate. I'm going to get super fucking high, dude. I'm going to get baked and caked out of my mind. I'm going to get bust and get buzzing all up and all up and down the, 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 the streets with, 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 with weed in my lungs and in my blood system. The similar measure failed six previous times in Congress. But three out of four Americans now improve medical marijuana and been gaining momentum. And I think within the next seven years, we, which leads pretty nicely since it's a drug story, to my favorite subject and our second to last story before Twitter answers in the Thunder Round. Rob Ford, mayor of Toronto, finally admitted it was damn time to go to rehab. The Toronto Sun reported, after another video now, surfaced of him smoking crack. He announced he would seek treatment for substance abuse and said he was ready to take a break from his re-election campaign, though he will stay on the ballot, of course, because Canada needs him. He was in rehab. He's loving it. Quote, rehab is amazing, he says. It reminds me of football camp. (laughs) This guy is priceless. Kind of like the Washington Redskins camp I went to as a kid. Only for crack addicts, Mayor. Only difference. In a wide-ranging interview, the crack smoking mayor also insisted he will indeed stay in the race for mayor. A 
of course I'm coming back and I'm going to kick butt. And he is running. He's announced he's for sure running. He plans to leave rehab on Canada Day, July 1st, in a dramatic date-planned fashion. Quote, I can't wait to come back. I can't wait to get in there and debate. Hopefully somebody can get him some crack for that debate so he's got some pep, though, don't you think? Pep, fueled by crack cocaine, really helps in political debates, I have found. And our last story, pre-Twitter answers. NASA finds mega-Earth. Washington Post reports. Scientists announced Monday that NASA's Kepler Space Telescope had spied an exoplanet that is 17 times larger than Earth. Kepler-10c has been described as a mega-Earth because it is even too gargantuan to fit into the category of super-Earths. Oh, it's bigger than a super-Earth? That's the thing? Did not know that. Super-Earths are about 10 times the size of Earth, and scientists didn't even think an Earth-like planet that big could exist because it's believed that planets 10 times the mass of Earth would hold on to so much hydrogen gas they would become like Saturn or Jupiter. But Kepler-10c is a rocky, dense planet, not enveloped in glass suggesting there's plenty of room for life to exist on other plus-sized planets. I call them, I prefer to call them chubby planets. But hey, maybe in the future we can live in, on an enormous Earth so big that it'll take us a couple extra centuries to overpopulate it and ruin its environment. That'd be nice. And on that note, it's time to check in with the Glebe Squad. The Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The Friends of Benefits. The B Gleebers in all of us. It's time. Brain Trust for Twitter Answers. And that's Twitter answering at you right about now. Nowish. the brain trust what's new in your life since it's been a while since i've done a twitter answers and known what's going on in your guys lives got some great answers ray long at geek gamer guy kind of a strange answer up front not strange just intense crushing disappointment and stark reminders that people can't be counted on also peanut butter and chocolate cotton candy at least it ended sweet that was kind of a Willy wonka ending there hope hope disappointment goes away ray and uh you realize some people can be counted on. I hope you didn't mean me from being absent of news podcasts for a while. Um, things will be all right, buddy. Definitely some people can be counted on, I promise you. Stacy, kiss, kiss at Trojan Stace. I'm taking a year off from teaching to travel. I'll be living in Spain the first three months. I leave in August. So excited. Hashtag LWOE. That is awesome. Very excited for you, Stace. That sounds like a blast. I love Spain. Very much. Make sure you check out Las Ramblas in Barcelona. And try to not go to a bullfight in Madrid at the Plaza de los Toros. It's really disgusting and inhumane and in bull mane as well. Literally, with little swords in the bull's mane. It's not great. Felicia at Felicia's 1908. I've let co-workers talk me into the 10-day sugar-free challenge. Day one, I have harmed no one. Good for you. You're on day one. By now, it's maybe a day since I posted that. Let me know in a week or after it's done how it went. 
I've been on almost no sugar, but some natural sugars and fruits and things in this 21-day challenge. I'm on my fit foods, and I don't miss it that much. Um, socially, I miss the alcohol a bit or eating some wings when the people get appetizers at a dinner, but I'm bringing my prepackaged salmon like a weirdo. But uh, the sugar, I don't miss that much. I did cheat one of the days with two gummy bears and four kernels of caramel corn and two almonds that were like dry roasted. I kind of rubbed the salt off one of them, though, so that was like, okay, that was one cheat and one wasn't so bad. But uh, good luck with the rest of your 10 days. Ryan Torres, Ryan underscore Torres TDKD, just got hired at the dollar store and caught up on some last week on Earth. That's sweet of you. I hope, well, I don't hope, but it would be pretty funny if every single person who bought things at the dollar store said to you, I'll buy that for a dollar. That would be pretty funny. Or not, or very annoying. At Matthew J. Schmidt says, Tapenade obsession. I don't even know what tapenade is. It's a kind of an olive sauce or a topping you put on bread, maybe. I don't know. Gluten free now for five weeks. I forgot what bread is. Garwin Thompson at the ham, 3456. Bought a house. Great living with my lady. That's pretty cool. Congratulations. Big step. Stepping up in life there, man. Love it. Very responsible. You're a more responsible man than, than me. I, I, me, myself, and bow, 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 bow. Christopher Brown at Mr. Brown 959 said I was a waspy, I, a waspy Irish guy. Weaseled my way into a Polish culture conference in Banff this summer. I don't understand any of that answer at all. And my favorite, Bridget Woodbury head of the Washington, D.C. Bureau of Last Week on Earth, says, I'm pretty sure I'm the most unemployed person these days. Lots of resumes. Lots of slow-melt popsicles intended for infants. That last part's very funny. And best of luck finding a job, Woodbury. Best of luck, Bridget. Just and for, for, wish you good luck with that. I will not play Broken Glass the rest of this podcast, okay? Um... A couple of plugs. I'll be at the Fox Theater in Centralia, Washington this Saturday, August 7th. Get tickets at hubcitycomedy.com. July 17th to 19th, I'm headlining the Lucky Comedy Club in New Orleans, Louisiana. The Laughing Skull Comedy Lounge in Atlanta, Georgia, inside the Vortex Bar and Grill, my favorite club in the country, July 24th through 27th. And one of the nights, probably the Sunday show, will also be a live episode of Last Week on Earth, most likely, like I usually do when I'm there. Get tickets right now at VortexComedy.com. August 5th, I'll be doing the American Me Show in San Francisco at the Punchline. And August 6th, the American Me Show headlining at the San Jose Improv. Get tickets now at all their respective sites. And most excitedly for, for me to share with you guys like I did up top, my own show. I'm waiting a long time for this. I get to be at the helm of an awesome game show called Idiot Test. Debuting August 12th on Game Show Network. Please tell your friends about it when it comes out. When it comes out? Kims? That what I said? And please watch. And on that kind of a note, Murder she note, murder she note. You know what that means. It's time for the Thunder Round. You better knock on wood. I clicked my soundboard off again by accident. I don't know how stupid I am, but it's 5.43 in the morning. I'm a little bit tired. 
I clicked the wrong button. I'm not going to play it again this time, okay? I'm not going to go back and m fix a mistake that I didn't even need to make. All right. Is the thunder round, everybody. Just three stories here for you in this thunder round. And then we out. Um, a man bought a penis enlarger online and got it in the mail, sort of, via UK Brain Trust, via at Bob Coupe in Kuala Lumpur. A man who purchased a penis enlargement device online had a rude shock when he received a magnifying glass in the mail instead of the device he thought he had purchased. MCA Public Service and Complaint Bureau. That's very clever. I'm sorry, that's very clever. Complaint Bureau Chairman Datuk Seri Michael Chong said Tuesday that the disgruntled customer, known only as Ong from Seri Kembangan, had paid RM450, which sounds like a lot of money, but I don't know what RMs are, for the penis enlarger. When he received the package, pun not intended, he was shocked to find a magnifying glass inside. The instructions that came with the package merely read, do not use in sunlight, which is hilarious because you would burn your dick off. That is hilarious. Chong added the scammers lure their victims by selling their products at a low price, and very often the items never even get to their customers. It's funny if the ad said, for, the for just the price of a magnifying glass, you can enlarge your penis. If he was like that overt, be pretty great. Twelve victims of online scams have sought assistance from the MCA, Public Service and Complaint Bureau in Kuala Lumpur since 2012. I'm guessing this man, the only one complaining for penis enlargement request denials because that's very embarrassing. He should have kept it to himself. And our last story for this last week on Earth. A con man has been accused of defrauding women by saying he'd make them weather girls. That UK brain trust from the Daily Mail gave me this story. And I think it's just such a specific con. You know, really one you can't even pretend to pull off. If it's not televising them as weather girls, you lose that con right off the bat, firstly. But this man has a long history of pulling similar con stunts, telling people in the past that he was the brother and manager of Johnny Depp and actress Skeet Ulrich separately. Because he looks a tad like them if you mix them with a rat. This man looks very rat-like. Mixed with like a Johnny Deppish, Skeet Ulrichy, long hair and stubble and like a rat face mixture. Uh, but I only report this story really to share with you um, the joke that at UK Brain Trust, Christopher Carter, the British Bureau of this podcast, um, wrote after the story headline and on the at UK Brain Trust account you all should follow. He wrote, Con man accused of defrauding women by saying he'd make them weather girls. And he wrote, it's raining con men. Which I thought was very funny. It's raining con men. Like, it's a great wordplay right there. So on Chris's joke, I bid you adieu. And um, until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. You're a rich girl and you're going too far because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl But it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money, 
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>